Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds in the studio. It's Wednesday, and ESPN has spent a lot of money for college football. And next year, we'll know. This year, we're going to find out if this is going to pay off once they break down that playoff. But eight billion dollars what do you think yeah, about that this is and uh, uh, got to make a slight correction here because it doesn't take place until next year the, this year will be under the old contract okay never oh okay for espn gotcha yeah, this is gotcha. for the espn the, the, the new playoff system comes into effect yes, this, year, this year but the contract <laughs> the contract which now is only 480 million dollars a year payoff goes to 680 million dollars but folks over the course of the contract, that adds up to $8 billion. $8 billion. Well, is it worth it? Evidently, the folks at ESPN thinks it, uh, that it is. And it is a new concept, of course, in football, having a 12-team playoff. That's a lot of money. The folks at ESPN, which, of course, is operated by ABC and other organizations are really going to have to get out and hustle their clients and I'm sure they will they've done that in the past they've been around now for what 30 35 years somewhere around there and made a go of it although they've had layoffs here in the past few years but Mike that's a lot of money tremendous amount of money and when you divide that all up in the seasons boy 680 million dollars starting year after next is going to be an awful lot of money I'm trying to get the math calculator out as fast as I possibly can to see kind of what, on average, they're going to have to make per game to actually just break even in ad dollars. It's a lot, man. Well, it's now, a lot keep of money. in mind, there are 12, there are 12, uh, I'm sorry, 12 teams. There are six games mm-hmm. involved, and not all the teams play in the first round. How they're going to divide it up remains to be seen. I don't think they've come up with a specific formula yet, but over and above all that, Still, the whole package, six eighty dollars a year, whoa, that's a lot of money. A lot of money, but you know what? A lot of people are going to watch them, too, mm-hmm. so who knows? Someone uh, wants it bad enough, they're going to pay for it. Maybe that's the end goal there, streaming, my friend. That streaming is the answer. That's exactly well, right. Well, that's what I'm saying is we might, be end up, we might end up putting some of that $8 billion down the road when we have to pay per game or whatever. I think you have accurately pointed that out. We're the ones putting the bill. <laughs> Eventually, yeah. Yes, nothing we'll own. We'll all have to rent. When does Iowa basketball sensation go for the new national scoring record? 24 hours from now. Tomorrow night, actually more than that, more than 24 hours. But the fact is that Caitlin Clark, to whom you're referring, will go for the new all-time scoring mark in women's basketball tomorrow night. She's only eight points shy. Now, women's college basketball is played in quarters and not halves. They pay 10-minute quarters. She'll break that scoring mark probably within the first three or four minutes of the game. Iowa plays Michigan at the Carver-Hawkeye Arena in Iowa City that seats 15,000. Mike, (laughs) the tickets are averaging $387 per seat. That's for a college girl to be going for the scoring record. That is a lot. And they'll get all 15000 and more in Carver-Hawkeye. You remember, Mike, what it was like when Jackie Stiles oh, went yeah. for the national record here, and that was in 2001. Well, you couldn't get into the Hammond Center, and that's only about half the size of Carver-Hawkeye. This will be, be a big deal. She'll get that record, and then Caitlin Clark will go on to greater glory. She's a, she's a fine player. She absolutely is, and uh, congratulations to her and her school. They're, I'm sure, uh, all laughing at the bank on that one, too. Your thoughts on the uh, 
baseball history that might be recorded this season? It will be. There's no question about it. It will be with the first game that is played, which is March 28th. The Oakland A's will have the very, and they are, folks, still the Oakland A's. They will have the very first ever primary female play-by-play announcer. Her name is Jenny Kavner, and she's pretty good. She's, she's been around on the West Coast now for a number of years and has done play-by-play, but not as the primary broadcaster. This is the very first one ever. This is the, <laughs> if you can make a comparison, the female Jack Buck or female Joe Buck or the female Harry Carey, whatever the case is, she is the first lady to man the broadcasting booth ever in the history of baseball doing it for the Oakland A's in what is more than likely their final year in Oakland, California. They'll move to Vegas or somewhere until that new stadium in Vegas is built. But more power to her. I think she can probably do a fine job, and maybe a change is necessary. She uh, passed the Ned test in broadcasting. I must admit I haven't heard her. Yeah, well, get back to me. To make that, get uh, get make back me. to me on that one. Third State Bears are in... Whiskey country today. <laughs> Murray, Kentucky. Yep. Absolutely. Who they uh, who they facing off with? Murray State. The Murray State Racers tonight is a, a game the Bears can win. Will they? Well, the Bears can win any game they play. They're a good team, solid team, but they played very inconsistent basketball, and that's been the problem this year. This Murray State team was here in Springfield just about a month ago and ran the Bears out of the Great Southern Bank Arena. Went on a thirty to three. Scoring run in the first half, and hey, that was the ball game, 175 to 56. Well, that didn't sit very well, and the Bears were in a slump at that time. A lot of grousing about that game. Well, Bears get a chance at a little payback, and they can get this ball club, the Racers, tonight in Kentucky. We'll see if they do. The Bears are right on the cusp, and I, I'm being generous because they're not really quite there, but. They don't want to play in that play-in round, which is Thursday, and does involve four games, but you'd prefer to stay away from that. Uh, I'm Right now, I'm afraid there's no way they can avoid it, but a win today would help. That would definitely help, um, and hopefully they can bring you back some whiskey after it. Either way, <laughs> uh, everyone headed to Kansas City today. If you're already on the road, be careful, be safe, enjoy it. It's amazing to be in that town when the parade goes through. I wish I could be there, but obviously it's Valentine's Day. And I have a small child, so it's a little bit more difficult for me. And I've been twice, so it is what it is. Have fun. Bottom line is, though, after the party's done, it's back to work. And the Chiefs have got a lot of free agents. They're going to have to figure out who they're keeping and who's going. With a salary cap space, a cap space of a, between 24 and $40 million, which is not very much, folks. The Chiefs do have a lot of work to do. How can you keep Chris Jones? How can you keep Legereus Sneed? These are guys who, well, if, if you franchise player Jones, that's $32 million guaranteed. They have no option. That's what they have to pay him. And the same will be with Legereus Sneed. Of course, they can't franchise two of them, only one. It's, it's hard to believe that the Chiefs can keep both those guys, but you, you don't know. And there are others. Mike Dana, who played very well oh, for yeah. the Chiefs this year. Willie Gay is a free agent. Mike Edwards, Blake Bell, Nick Allegretti. These guys are all free agents. Now, are they all in the same star capacity as Jones and Snead? No, they are not. Those guys are leaders on the field. But somehow, someway, I, I really feel like the Chiefs and Mr. Beach will overcome some of this and see what happens. Jones especially. They do need him. However, the one caveat, and we talked about this yesterday, he's not a kid, and he has been injury prone. Mm-hmm. He's had that nagging groin injury for years now. 
when is the when when is the point that that begins to become a major problem for him? Who knows? You don't know the age factor involved and how it's going to affect a player. But yeah, all that has to be taken into consideration. And you mentioned a bunch of guys who I don't want to see go either. I mean, obviously, Legarius has to stay in Kansas City. And uh, it was reported yesterday that Allegretti played what 79, 80 snaps with a torn UCL his in his elbow which is unbelievable that he was guarding people with that happening that much further into the game and then protected that quarterback. He earns a payday too. So every single one of them, I mean, it's tough, but that is the nature of professional sports. Last but not least, we did have some other college basketball action last night. Did you get any surprises? Yes, there were. How about this? Here's Indiana State, the Sycamores, cracking the top 25. They're number 23 in America for the first time since Larry Bird played for them centuries ago, and they lose the game. How about this? Illinois State goes to Terre Haute and beats Indiana State 80-67. to And here's Indiana State 23 in America. Oh, the, the, the Valley is wailing and gnashing their teeth now. There were some other big games. I'll tell you a team that's really good is Illinois. Fighting Illini beat Michigan 97-68. to Illinois is 14th in America. And Baylor and Oklahoma. <clears throat> Baylor is number 12. Oklahoma's 25, Baylor won it 79-62 to 62. among the many big games. More of them coming up tonight. Ned, you have a wonderful day, and I'll see you tomorrow.